1: Inside Sources. Inside, Inside Sources, where KSL offers you talk deeper insights on the news. Here's our host, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio. We are very pleased today to be joined by Melissa Weintraub. She's the co founder and executive director of Resetting the Table. This is an organization dedicated to. Building dialogue and deliberation across political divides—it's something we talk about often on this program. And uh, Rabbi, we're so we're so grateful to have you on the program. I love what you're doing and how you're doing it. Uh, give us your essence. Where did this start for you in terms of this idea of bringing people to the table, resetting the table?
0: Well, it's wonderful to be here with you, boys. Thank you so much for having me. So. Uh, My professional background was working on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, which I worked on for a couple of decades and um, had founded another organization that was um, working to uh, build the capacity of the Jewish people to be positive agents of change in resolving the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And essentially what drove Resetting the Table into existence was the insight that To transform the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, we were going to need peace building among third parties engaging with that conflict from the right and the left and across the political spectrum, every bit as much as between Israelis and Palestinians, you know, within the Jewish people, within the Palestinian people, among Christians. So that was a very niche focus, but that that insight gave rise to resetting the table. And initially, we were exclusively focused on dialogue and deliberation across political divides surrounding the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And along the way, we developed a robust methodology and toolkit for helping people go toward the heat of their political arguments and come out the other side with mutual recognition and Mm. insight and problem-solving and creative thinking. And then in 2016, like many, we had a wake-up call that our own country was degenerating into intractable conflict and that our toolkit was desperately needed more broadly here. And so we expanded our focus.
1: Oh, I love that. And I love this whole idea. I want to get into some of the uh, the toolkit and some of the methods uh, that you've been using. You talk about this idea of, of going through the heat and really coming out the other side. And to me, that going through the heat actually gets you to the light uh, that we're actually trying to get to regardless of what the issue is. But give us some some perspective in terms of some of those methods, some of the things that you're finding are working to help us talk, uh, not just at each other or yell at each other across the table, uh, but to actually talk to each other with dignity, moving through even heated conversations to to get to the other side.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'd say that the the riddle of our work, kind of the million dollar question in terms of the how we do this. How do we, in the face of volatile differences, transform all the tendencies of conflict? Like we tend to get rigid and self-absorbed and, you know, impervious to the perspective of the person right before us, even if we love that person very much, right? When when we're in conflict, how do we shift all of that into what we call mutual receptivity, which is essentially, you know, you talked about talking past each other, like how do we really take each other in, you know, Uh, whatever might bring us to a conversation across disagreement, whether it's healing a relationship or a desire to learn something or to collaborate better or a desire to persuade and to have an impact on each other's thinking. Like all of that is going to be maximized if we can produce receptivity in others and in ourselves. Um, so there's no more powerful way that we have found to produce receptivity than to ensure that those we're talking to or others in our communities, if we're community leaders, feel seen as they see themselves, essentially and as they wish to be seen. Um, there's a wealth of research that shows that, the more people feel that who they really are is truly seen by others, the more they feel a sense of connection and generosity, even in the face of strong disagreement and challenge. Um, so, interpersonally, we teach practices to help accomplish that. You know, to be able to capture each other and reconstruct each other's lenses on their own terms until, you know, we lean forward in our chairs and say, exactly, yes, that's that's me, that's it. Um, we call that a bullseye reflection. Mm. And that's a technique that we teach people to practice interpersonally, and there's also um, implications for the ways we design our communities and institutions and the ways we make our decisions so that people feel seen and like their voices and input matter in how we make contentious decisions. Um, and there's even applications for journalists and for other media makers For we work with Hollywood writers and producers and uh, a whole range of societal storytellers in terms of how they can work to capture disparate streams and identities of American life on their own terms.
1: I'm Dave Cawley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Wow. We may have to have you for like a four-hour show. (laughs) There is so much to unpack in there. There's so much to unpack in there that I just love and I am so curious about. Uh, But I love this whole component of receptivity being seen and... Uh, I know one way you have framed that in the past is that really recognizing each other on that deep level, like really, really seeing that other person, Uh, not seeing what you hope they'll be, not seeing anything else, but just seeing them, Uh, I think it is so interesting. And then tell me just a little more. I love this idea of this bullseye reflection. Uh, I think that's a component we're often missing, especially in the heat of of maybe a disagreement or uh, trying to resolve.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So we're missing so much in the heat. And then also, we're living in such an ideologically siloed time that people are just so surrounded by their own bubble, by their like minded enclave. And when we encounter each other only through media images, we're often not aware of how much we're projecting onto each other and seeing the worst possible versions of each other's thinking and filling in the picture from incomplete information. Um, But there's a lot of documentation of just how strong our perception gaps of each other are, you know, the distance between who we think our societal counterparts are and who they actually are.
1: This whole idea of projecting, I think, is is an interesting twofold component. One, you're kind of projecting what you think they are, uh, and then sometimes we project our own insecurities or our own past experience or, or bad event that happened years ago. We, we project that uh, and those emotions and negative feelings uh, onto something that doesn't or shouldn't even be uh, put on.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Part of the reason that we teach bullseye reflections again and again as kind of the foundational building block of collaborative communication across divides is because it's it's something that people can do. Like we don't pre chat people, set aside all of your reactivity and your projections, and you know, <laughs> right. like forget all of those things. You know, all the everything that you're carrying into this interaction. We give them something concrete that they can do behaviorally. Mm. where they're not um, shutting down on all of that, but they're just pressing pause, you know, press pause on our own reactions, our own responses, because there's going to be much more room for everything we have to say if we can slow down, press pause, make sure that the other party feels seen as they wish to be seen first.
1: Wow. I love that. Uh, And so if people want to connect with your organization, just give us a sense in terms of some of the goals, some of the other things you're working on and how people can connect with this resetting of the table.
0: Sure. The, the big goal is to transform political disagreements into a source of strength and relationship and creative problem-solving and collective insight. Um, we have a lot of ways that we do that work. And you know I think one of the easiest ways for people to plug in um, is, is actually to turn to a short film that we created called Purple that mm. tells a story of everyday Americans with opposing viewpoints in rural Wisconsin coming to see the humanity and concerns that lie behind each other's position. So that film is on YouTube. It's free. Uh, we have a discussion guide that connects to it and hundreds of churches and high schools and universities and libraries have shown the film. And um, it's a very easy touch point where people can see people engaging in these kinds of conversations. And then they can also uh, run a 90 minute process that we've written up in detail where they can teach them skills for these kinds of conversations uh, and practice them in relation to the characters in the film.
1: Oh, I love that. Uh, again, the organization is called Resetting the Table. It's an organization dedicated to building dialogue and deliberation across political divides. Melissa Weintraub is the co-founder. And uh, Melissa, I'm just going to tell you right now, we, we have a rule on this show. You can check out anytime you want. You just can't leave. Um, and so we are, we are going to have you back uh, because this is a, a crucial part of what we do on this show every day. And we love to connect with others who are out there living it and doing it and, and experiencing it. And uh, so thank you so much for making time for us today. And we look forward to having you back again really soon.
0: Absolutely. This was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: Great insight there. We will definitely have her back uh, to continue that conversation. Right now, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break, and then we will continue the conversation here on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson. More inside sources coming up next.
0: It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison.
1: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.